this really is kind of the thing that started Apple. This was their first real product. What you were just listening to was vintage technology expert Corey Cohen speaking about the product that started the Apple company, the Apple One computer, which of course we'll get into later on in this episode. Hi everyone, my name is Lucy and welcome back to my podcast, Lucy's Learning Corner, where I inform you about the people who have changed the world of technology. Today we have the second episode of our three-part podcast series titled The Impact of Steve Jobs Part 2 in which we talk about how Steve Jobs and his company Apple Incorporated changed the face of technology forever. If you're interested in where Apple started with its first product, the progress of the company after its first product, when Apple Incorporated hit some obstacles, and what our special guest has to say, keep on listening as we get right on into it. 10 days after Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs formed the Apple Computer Company, they released the Apple One Computer, which was designed by Steve Wozniak. It was equipped with a typewriter-like keyboard and the function to connect to a normal TV as the computer screen. The computer was originally supposed to only sell for a little more than the cost of the needed parts, but that wasn't exactly what Jobs had in mind. Jobs was an excellent entrepreneur and businessman, and he found a company that would sell their Apple One for over $600. It became very successful. Now that we've gotten into the details of the Apple One computer, Apple's first product, let's move on to what was next on Apple's innovation list. Since the Apple One product had been so successful for the Steve for Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, they moved on to making the Apple II computer. The revolutionary computer made its famous debut in April of 1977. The Apple II computer was groundbreaking, and from the moment it was released, it made history. The machine had memory, color graphics, a 280 by 192 pixel display with six different colors, a plastic cover, and a full keyboard. It was unlike any other computer at the time. The Apple II computer became one of the world's first successful and mass-produced microcomputer inventions. After the production of the Apple II, computers were never the same, but they were better. Jumping forward to the year 1979, where Jobs found himself as the leader of a small group of Apple engineers that were designing the Apple Macintosh. Jobs loved the Macintosh and made it his personal project. The Macintosh was the beginning of something great, but when it was released in 1984, the machine was expensive, underpowered, and had little software applications leading to some extraordinary obstacles. Here next to me, I actually have a man that owned a 1984 Apple Macintosh computer and experienced firsthand all of the device's flaws and the beginning obstacles that Apple faced. Hi, Rob. How are you? I am doing very well, thank you. How are you, Lucy? I'm good. Very good. So you actually had an Apple Macintosh computer that you used when you were younger? I did. I had several of them. That's awesome. Um, while you were using the product, did you ever notice any flaws that were soon to be released about the Macintosh computer? Yes, once I tried to put new RAM in my Mac, uh, the thing wouldn't start up, and so I had to call Apple support, and they made me take a wire cutter and snip a lead on the motherboard, put it back together, and it actually didn't work out for that. But uh, that was the level of sophistication we were dealing with. Awesome, and thank you so much for coming on today's episode, Rob. We love having you here. It was utterly fantastic. 
As we just briefly discussed, the first generation Apple Macintosh was a major roadblock for the Apple Apple Computer Incorporated. Apple slowly improved the machine and it became one of the best computers on the market. However, in 1985, Apple's board of directors still saw Jobs' first attempt at the Mac as a complete failure, too great to keep him employed at Apple. Steve Jobs was removed from the company, which actually eventually caused the company to suffer. Okay, everyone, that is all that we have scheduled for today. A great thank you for Rob for coming on today's episode. And as always, a special thank you to my sources, Botanica, Macworld, and Vice News for providing me with the information used in this episode. Be sure to tune into episode three of this series to learn about the final years of Steve Jobs and how he improved Apple and changed it forever. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.